Hey, welcome back to Woman Talk to God, WTTG. It's been a minute, y'all. I'm your host, your girl, Sean Owens, and I'm super excited that you have decided to join us for 25 days in December of Making Much of Jesus. We will be hearing some awesome testimonies from both men and women how Jesus is still saving souls. Let's tune in. Today, friends, I have the honor to sit and chat with my friend, Coley. We are about to hear her testimony of how Jesus is still saving sinners like you and me. Welcome to the podcast, friend. Hi, thank you. Yeah, so um, I'm super excited about hearing your testimony. And yeah, so would you like to tell our listeners um, a little about yourself? And then, of course, just jump on in. Yeah, so my name is Coley Jimmy. And I am a wife and sister a mom of four little people um and i am a believer in jesus christ um and yeah super excited to just tell the story about how the lord saved me um brought me from death to life and um yeah what that experience has been like for me um in hopes that it might encourage someone hmm. um so should i just jump right in or yeah mm-hmm Okay, so I was um, raised in, I'll say, a Christian household, meaning that we called ourselves Christians. Um, I was raised to to believe and understand that I was a Christian. And in our household, we had um, Bible verses here and there. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't really know that there was an option um, that that I could not be a Christian. So my mom was a Christian, my grandparents were Christian, so I I thought that meant I was a Christian. Amen. Um <laughs> I, I, think and, I can relate you know, to, I, actually I think I can relate to that cuz I used to think that I was born a Christian girl. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> I'm like I was they tell me I was baptized as a baby sprinkled with water. Um I was a baby so I don't know, but that's what they tell me they wouldn't lie. So I'm a Christian cuz that's it's somebody who just believes in Jesus. And um, I believe it because I'm told that that's the way to go to heaven, to say you believe it and be sprinkled by water as a baby. So checked all the boxes and I was in a Christian family. So I was a Christian is what I thought. Um, And I understood Christians to be people who answered those questions, right? Do you believe in Jesus Um, that he um, died and was risen from the dead for you? And if you believe it, if you say yes to that, boom. So... I thought Christians were people who didn't do things and I didn't do some things that other people did. So in relation to some people I knew, I'm like, I follow more rules than others. So I'm a Christian. Um, That's how I lived my life. That was, you know, from birth as far back as I can remember through um, living at home, you know, up through age 18, throughout high school and then on to college. I went to Ohio State and then on to Howard and I continued to surround myself with people who did things that I did not do. So I thought I'm a Christian um, because Christians are people who follow rules and I follow some rules. So I was a sinner with standards. (laughs) I thought Christians were just sinners who had standards um, and didn't do certain things. So I go through college and um, I did not understand that it was only by God's grace that I didn't do some things that I didn't do. And I didn't understand that even the good things, quote unquote, good things that I thought I was doing um, that made me a 
Christian were like filthy rags to the Lord Um, because there was no good in me. I thought I was, I called myself a good girl. So I go through my life through college and um, I was just living for myself. And um, what people thought of me was pretty much the most important thing to me. I wanted all the world had to offer. I thought education was kind of a means to that end. Um, I was an idol worshiper. Like I wanted material things and an image. And um, yeah, I was haughty. I was disrespectful. I was selfish um, and just living life for myself. It wasn't until I was in law school um, that my sister, um, with whom I was very close, we had a really close relationship and still do. And she started attending a gospel preaching church um, and she went to school in Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana. So she starts attending a gospel preaching church and our conversations changed. So my sister and I spoke on the phone several times a day. Um, and the, the conversations we, we had just started to change. She started talking about sin and righteousness and holiness. And um, we visited one another frequently. Um, at our at our colleges. So when I'd visit her, she had all of these new friends and her friends would talk about sin and righteousness and holiness. And it was really weird to me, but it was by God's grace that I continued that relationship with my sister that I wasn't turned off. I kind of thought she's no fun anymore. Um, but, and all she talks about is God and the Bible and holiness, but She's still my sister, still love her. So I'll continue to talk to her and engage. And the Lord used that. Um, He did not allow my heart to be hardened to the things she was sharing with me. And she was just kind of sharing from an overflow of what she was learning. So she wasn't intentionally, I later learned trying to like evangelize me. She thought, you know, this is just really exciting. So she was just sharing with me. Um, She and her friends, I saw them helping one another to chase after God. And these were friends who were not concerned about what they did or didn't do or following rules. They were genuinely concerned with being people who sought after God for his help to obey him and to honor him and live lives that were glorifying to him. And that was weird to me because it was just so like, what is the point? If I didn't understand why. Um, And yeah, they just genuinely decide, desired to honor God um, because they understood that that's what they were created for. Um, and that's just not something I understood at that point. So it kind of just didn't make sense to me. Um, but eventually it did. Eventually asked me the question, she said, if the people closest to you were to learn that the most important thing in your life was Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, and that your whole life was oriented around that and that your life was a living sacrifice. Um, would they be surprised to learn that? And I thought, yes, they would be surprised and amazed and flabbergasted because they'd laugh because that's not true. And anyone who knows me knows that Jesus is not the most important thing to me at the time. That's, that was very clear to me. Um, and it's like if the people closest to me would know that then it's probably the truth that I'm just not that concerned with honoring and pleasing the Lord. And I, I came to understand through those conversations with my sister that, that Christians were not people who followed certain rules 
um, and who didn't do certain things, but there were people who understood that Jesus Christ had died for them. They understood that they were created to honor God um, and to love him and obey him and do what he commands. Um, and when they fail to do that, that's called sin and that the wages of sin is death. And so all of these things that I learned in church in, in um, kind of rote form, I began to understand what it looked like to truly believe that and have it impact the way I lived my life. So the wages of sin is death. And that concerned Christians. Christians were concerned about that. They understood that they were um, sinners under God's wrath. And out of their concern, they um, sought out and came to understand the only way to escape that wrath um, by God's grace. God caused them to seek that information out. And it's a miracle that my eyes were being opened to that truth and the Lord by his grace caused me to care about those things. And then I understood that trusting in Jesus was a very real, essential, tangible thing. And that it looked a certain way when a person loved Jesus and understood he lived a perfect life. Um, and that I was going to be compared to Jesus um, and that I didn't measure up, that I was going to fall short rather than oh, I'm compared to a few and there are things that they do that I don't do. So I'm good. Well, but I thought before I became a Christian, but after becoming a Christian, I said, it doesn't matter what my friends do. It matters that Jesus lived a sinless, perfect life. And compared to him, there's no hope for me apart from him. And then that he, his death on the cross that I learned about, and this is all through com conversations with my sister, but also seeds that had been planted throughout my life. So I came to understand that the death that I'd heard about my whole life, that was the death that I deserved for my sin. And Jesus died the death that I deserved for my sin. And he didn't deserve it. So by trusting him, believing in him and obeying him and living a life that reflected that, I was I was not under God's wrath anymore, but a friend of God. And I could not live my life under wrath, worrying about the wrath that was surely to come to me. I could live my life um, pleasing the Lord, not by things I did or didn't do, but he saw my heart. So all of the things came together and that the Lord enabled me to follow those rules, not because the following of the rules saved me, but because that glorified him. So it was about a maybe one year kind of period during which I started to wrestle with these things. It was after college. So in my first year of law school, I started to kind of wrestle with the things I was learning and come to understand the things that I'd known in theory. I came to understand what that looked like and how it, how it all made sense um, so the Lord just slowly began to open my eyes to the truth of the gospel, the good news that I was a sinner and I was deserving of his wrath, but there was hope for me in Jesus because Jesus wasn't a sinner. And he, he took that wrath for those who believe in him and believing in him looks a certain way. So here's what it looks like. That was mind blowing to me. That was absolutely mind blowing. And so I'm a public defender. And I represent people who are accused of crimes. So that kind of, I'm in law school learning about 
the profession I was heading into and the idea mm. that someone could be guilty of a crime, which many of my clients are not, but some of them are. And I'll meet them and they'll tell me, I did it. I just want to, I just want to end this. Ms. J, I, I did it. I'm guilty. I just want to pay the punishment. So the idea that that person could be sitting in that position condemned, they know they're guilty. They've done something that broke a law and there's a mandatory sentence for that crime that they know they committed. It's caught on video. There's all the evidence for dead to right. And someone could walk in and say, I'll serve that 30 year sentence for, or I already served the 30 year sentence for you because I love you and care. So being able to kind of apply that in my real life as my eyes were being open to my sin and then being able to have the analogy through my profession of um, what that might look like practically or a glimmer, right? A, a, a like small picture of the gospel in that everyday um, work that I was do, doing. That was just really mind blowing to me. Um, and yeah, so the Lord, he saved me in that year. I can't point my finger to a day, but I, I just began to see my sin I understood that I was a sinner, that the things I was refraining from wasn't good enough. Um, God wasn't pleased with my um, my um, standards of my sin. Um, so I, I came to see that it concerned me. So that was God's grace, um, his gift, right, of conviction. Like I was, I used to think I'm pretty good. And all of a sudden I became concerned and bothered by my sin and wanted to do something about it. So that was the gift I later learned of conviction. And then I didn't all of a sudden just, you know, I, I was a new creature, right? The old Coley was dead and the new Coley was alive to Christ. Am I seeing that sin and caring about it and bringing it to the Lord? But I still had the same temptations. I still had the same um, sinful, I was still a sinner. I still am a sinner and continue to sin. But the difference was that I, I wasn't a slave to that. I saw it and I knew that the Lord could help me. I couldn't in and of myself just stop, quit sinning, like people try and quit smoking cold turkey. And it, it so I couldn't just quit sinning cold turkey, but I understood and what I saw my sister and her friends, she had one friend, a sweet friend, Joy. Um, Joy Bird was her maiden name. And she, they together would, would seek the Lord to help them to fight sin. And like even hearing them pray and ask the Lord to help them in their struggles to trust him and their struggles to honor him. I saw it. it's not within them. They're not like, you know, like just gritting their teeth and getting through it. They're asking the Lord to help them to obey him and encouraging one another to seek the Lord for the help that they need. So I saw, oh, you can't do this alone. You can't just quit. I'm going to quit tomorrow. Monday, I'm going to quit sitting. That's it. No more. It's like, oh, the Lord helps you do what he's called you to do. Um, so that was mind blowing to me. And that was proof of my repentance that and my salvation, like there was proof that the Lord had done a work in me and was still doing a work in me. Um, it wasn't the absence of temptation, but it was like the awareness that God cares, he sees it, and he has the power to 
enable me to obey him and to resist temptation. I'm no longer a slave to the temptation and to sin. I'm a slave to Christ. So feeling and seeing and experiencing that um, change is like when I knew I was a Christian. Um, yeah, and even though he didn't take away like some desires, the, the um, fear of man, like that's a big one for me, caring what people think about me, caring how people view me um, and my image, as opposed to worrying about the Lord and the Lord alone and how the Lord views me. Um, so that didn't go away. That's still not gone, but the Lord has given me um, victory in some areas. I'll see like an ability to be transparent for his glory in a way that doesn't bring me glory. It's like, that's a miracle. And then some temptations are diminished or even gone. Um, and there, the the desire, like he's given me new desires, which it's mind blowing to me that after I became a Christian, I would get together with friends and we would read the Bible on a, on a Saturday night. It's like, let's get together and read the scripture that pastor's going to preach on tomorrow and let's wrestle with it and ask questions of the tech. Oh yeah. Okay. Who's going to bring the food? And like, we're going to get together at somebody, mm. and it's like, that's exciting. That's my plans for Saturday night. I'm like, who is that? Cause that's not Coley. Anyone who knows Coley when I was dead in my sin knows that ain't me. That's not what I'm trying to get into on Friday night, Saturday night, reading the Bible. But after I became a Christian, that was all I wanted. Um, yeah. So that was mm. like proof of my repentance of my new birth in Christ. Like, I I realized I was not a Christian and that's when the Lord saved me and gave me new desires. And um, yeah, and of course I, I am still a sinner being saved um, by grace. And I mean, I've shared with you, Sean, recently, like the Lord is still sanctifying me through recent circumstances. It's like, it's like you become a Christian and you don't realize um, how sinful you are until you begin to mature in Christ and in the Lord. And you see, like, you don't become less of a sinner. You, you just begin to see more of your sin. And it's like, oh, it's deep. Um, but his grace so is true. sufficient. And he is not through with yeah. me yet. I'm his. And yeah, uh, that that's a, uh, I feel like a very long, I just talked for a very long time. Um, I hope I, no, you're it good. All kind of made you are sense so good. And chronologically. Um, so yeah, that is how the Lord saved me. Yeah. Well, praise God. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, in this season, what would you say is the scripture that you're leaning to now? Um, so for a while, it's been Romans eight. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, as I told you, just seeing the depths of my sin. Um, and it's like, I thought I was more mature than that. Why am I still struggling with this? And there's a, a, <laughs> a tendency to be feel condemned, right? When you see, like, I thought mm -hmm. I was, I've been a Christian for so long now. Why am I still so selfish? Why am I still... Uh, like I'll, I'll just see the depths of my sin in new ways. And my gut inclination is to be condemned and beat myself up and um, 
you know, even question my salvation, then it's like, oh, wait, okay, this is elementary. I am not a Christian because I do or don't do certain things. Like we, we covered this a decade ago, Coley. Um, you're not a Christian because you quit sinning. Um, you're a Christian because you understand you can't quit sinning. So that's the whole gospel to mm. go to the Lord. So there is no condemnation. Um, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Um, and then it goes on to talk about what it looks like to walk according to the spirit versus walking according to the flesh, setting your mind on the spirit versus setting your mind on the flesh and um, the different the different trajectories um, that those different paths have and where they end. So just that reminder has been sweet to me. Like I'm being sanctified. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Lord, help me. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's girl. When you're talking about um, the condemnation piece or seeing your sin and thinking that you're further along and you know, and then you think you are. I have to constantly remind myself mm -hmm. of the gospel, constantly remind myself of I am a sinner in need yes. of grace, in need of the Lord yes. daily. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So for someone who have just heard your testimony, who's not a believer, how would you encourage them to also place their faith in this Jesus who you just talked about? Yeah, um, I would absolutely, absolutely encourage them to. I would encourage them to... Um, to open up their Bible, right, um, and to read. But before they do, I'd encourage them to ask the Lord to help them see what he would have them see in his word, because the Bible is God's word, right? Long ago, he spoke in signs and wonders, and in these days, he has spoken to us through his word. That's Hebrews. I think it's Hebrews 1. So that is literally God speaking to us, and his word has power. It's living. It's active. Um so I became a Christian reading through Romans. I think that is a scripture. Like I just talked about the kind of circumstances and people the Lord used to kind of help me understand what he was saying to me in his word, um, and what he was telling me about himself and therefore about me when I opened up his Bible and read. But the, the word that I think he used to save me is Romans, um, Romans 1. And um, I just kind of came to see the depths of my sin there, the Lord has used different scriptures for different people to save them. So I'm not saying um, go there and that'll save you too. Um, I don't know what the Lord's going to use. Like if he's going to save you, he's going to do it through his means. But I would encourage um, anyone who like is not a believer or is not sure if they're a believer or to open up God's word and read it. And before they do that, I would encourage them to pray and ask God to help them see what he would have them see, learn what he would have them learn. And he can raise from the dead. He did raise Christ Jesus from the dead. So he can make a, a blind man see. Um, so I would, I would encourage them to ask the Lord to help them see what he would have them see and save them. Um, use your word, Lord, to, to save me, to show me and to save me. Um, yeah. Mm. Amen, sis. Um, yeah, thank you so much for your time and your transparency today. And again, Coley, it's been sweet um, getting to know you as a sister in you Christ too. and even as a friend. Um, thank you for just, again, um, I'm thankful that the Lord has saved you. 
Um, so Amen. Me too. Give your four babies a hug for me and Merry Christmas, sis. Same to you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that by listening to this testimony, you have been encouraged. If you are listening and you are not a believer, which means that you have not placed your faith in Jesus, I pray that you realize that you are a sinner in need of a savior. I encourage you to reach out to the person that shared this podcast with you and tell them that you would like to learn more about Jesus. If you are a believer, I encourage you to go tell it. Go tell someone about Jesus. Go and share the gospel. It's all about him. He is our only hope. And I also hope that you would tune in tomorrow as we are making much of Jesus. 